Hi there, I'm Jolyn McCarthy and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. Each week, Two Question Tuesday answers randomly picked questions submitted by our client. Answering today's questions, we have with us Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focus Wealth Management, and Mike Pizzani, Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Jill, and good morning, Michael. All right, our first question. Mike, this is from Daryl in New York. You have talked a lot about what you see happening with corporate taxes. What about individual taxes? Well, that's a really important thing that we have to kind of focus on as you look into next year, and it really depends on what happens in the Georgia Senate race. any individual or any change to the individual tax stru- structure in terms of like the tax brackets and the tax percentages is something that really has to be done by a congressional approval. So you've heard a lot of people in the news, um, kind of like fear mongering, say if Joe Biden is elected, one of the things that you're going to see is substantially higher taxes. That's really an unlikely scenario as long as uh, the Republicans hold the Senate in Georgia because Congress really has to approve on any massive tax changes. So if the Republicans are able to hold the Senate, you're going to see a very similar tax regime because they're not going to be able to undo the tax cuts that were uh, done in 2018. So what you're really looking at is a possible scenario that if the Republicans do hold the Senate, what you're looking at is some potential uh, executive order, maybe individual taxes, uh, like the 3.8% net investment tax that was added on uh, during the Obama administration for Obamacare, maybe a couple percentages here or there, but you're not going to see a complete overhaul. The couple things that I've been looking at, I do think the estate tax is really low-hanging fruit. $11.5 million is a lot in terms of the cap on that. It wouldn't surprise me if you saw that lowered. Um, and you can see other things little here and there. What we're kind of looking at from a planning perspective is uh, we've gotten a lot of questions as we approach year end on capital gains, whether you should take RMDs. We addressed the RMD question earlier because we do see the potential for taxes to rise in the future. So it could potentially make sense to accelerate a little bit of income here if you have it by realizing capital gains. Um, if you have tax losses, maybe harvest them and use them to offset some of the gains that you have in certain individual securities. So there's a lot to be done, even though you only have about 30 some odd days left in the year from a tax planning perspective as you approach into next year. So if anybody has any questions about that, that's, those are definitely things that we should uh, address before between now and year end. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Phil, our next question is from Bill in New York. They say rates are likely to rise. By how much and how fast? Yeah, so, you know, interest rates have been incredibly low uh, for for quite some time now, right? I mean, really, post-financial crisis of 09, uh, we've had pressure globally uh, on keeping rates low. Um, You know, I interestingly enough, you know, if you look at the 10-year Treasury today, it's at 85 basis points, got up to about a high of 93 basis points short term. It is having an incredibly tough time trying to go above 1%. Uh, I, I actually, you know, reading some data points out over the weekend, talking about the inflationary effects uh, that have been created by the virus and post-virus environment, uh, pent-up spending, pent-up demand, 
uh, money chasing uh, too few goods in, in, in certain cases, creating inflationary pressures globally uh, that we have not seen and that actually central banks around the world could not create. So deflationary spirals in many places uh, post-09 financial crisis. Um, now uh, we have lower rates. Obviously, you look at your mortgage rates today, you look at 30, 15 year, you look at the delinquencies uh, and the rise in delinquencies due to um, due to the, the virus. Uh, and that's troublesome, too. So, you know, the, the Fed stated they're going to keep rates lower for longer. But don't forget, there's market forces at work, bond market vigilantes every single day, trading securities, uh, driving yields up, price down, price up, yields down. And, and that fight's going on and we cannot get above 1%. What do I think? I think due to these inflationary pressures in the markets, in the 10-year Treasury market, 30-year Treasury market, you see you see yields start to back up uh, and, and maybe, you know, go to a high of one and a quarter, uh, maybe 135. Um, I think that would be a big move upwards uh, in terms of yields. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, I then think you're, again, range bound and you'd probably be in this 95 sub 1% to, you know, one and a quarter, 130 uh, on the 10 year note for for next year. Um, but I, I would look at these inflationary pressures uh, coming into the picture. And, uh, you know, while the Fed said that they will keep rates lower and for a longer period, uh, that could really change quickly, as we all know. Um, but, uh, you know, I think if you look at the voluminous money supply, uh, M1 that's been created out there, it's floating around the world on the back of this crisis, um, you know, it's going to be very tough for rates to really go back. You know, we're talking about moves uh, to the twos. I don't see that. I, I really don't. I see us stuck in this trading range, like I said, with a high point on the 10-year note of maybe, you know, 130, 135, something like that. But I would expect rates to really frustrate people kind of at these lower levels, which, again, is why we talk about dividend stocks making, you know, quite a bit of sense uh, investable uh, in this period. And I would think uh, sub-normal uh, returns for bonds uh, next year, not this, you know, above-normal uh, returns we see with a, a race uh, to lower rates globally like we saw this year again. And that's a good answer. <laughs> Everybody has to remember, too, the Fed controls only the short end of the yield curve. They don't control the long end. So bond market vigilantes, as you said, it's likely that we're going to see an inflationary print next summer north of 3% because the CPI is preliminary made up of housing and energy. And if you look at corn, soybeans, almost any agricultural commodity, wood for housing, those have been moving substantially higher. So... I mean, if you get some type of an economic trajectory where now that we have three vaccines um, that are effective, we go back to normal. Interest rates are going to they're just they're going to rise, but there's just so much debt outstanding in the system. It's hard to see them getting back to, you know, the four or five percent range. I don't think that's likely because they got to three point three percent in October of 2018. And a lot of things were shaky back then. So I do very much agree with that assessment and why you're potentially going to have difficult returns in the bond market as a result of that next year. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both for answering this week's questions. Um, if you have a question you'd like to submit, please feel free to email us at jmccarthy at focuswealthmgmt.com. We want to wish you all a wonderful and blessed Thanksgiving. Stay safe. 
We will see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.